We live? Yes, we are. We are live tonight. This is Monday night. The Michael Aiden is back. We are here in Thunder Bay, Ontario. Tonight, very special guest. Before I'm going to introduce her with us, very honored that she is here with us. We are going to introduce the sponsors of this podcast tonight that make this happen. One time, one time brew. Very special release on Thursday coming up. Chocolate hugs. I want some hugs. Pastry stout, 7% available this Thursday. You can go right to the tap room, pick it up, or you can order online once it is available to do so. You can go to www.onetimebrew.co and then you see on top the taps, home, the brewery, and order online. And there, we only have a couple cans left of that Hawaiian clouds. Mmm, we have it right here on the table. It's a craft hard seltzer with marshmallows. Yes, it is. Light, sweet, and bubbly. Whew, it's nice stuff. And, and, and I have to be honest, you know, every flavor I get hit with, it's different. And sometimes I'm like, the first can, I'm like, hmm. And then the second can, I'm like, ah. It's like, because it's new, you have to like, be, you never had that before. So your, your flavors adjust and you learn about stuff. You can order online now at onetimebrew.co. Send them a message. One retail hours are open to you here. Available. Let's see how Joshua that highlighted that for me. He's like guiding me. He's really good. He's <laughs> good. Sunday. But tonight is Monday. So that's industry night. Four o'clock till 10 p.m. One time brew now. What is on tap? We can look that up on hypothetically. If he, you can look that up on Instagram. Yeah, you should follow them right now. That's on Instagram. You go and type in one time brew, Oof, and, it's, and then now we're gonna see the moment of truth. Joshua is, is he follow, is he following one time brew? I'm gonna put him on the spot right now. One time brew. There we go. Look at his finger scales, so quick. Can't match that. Mm, and Mondays, click, click on the story, and I want to see. Maybe usually they post Friday. Uh, there's a private event, okay. And then, yeah, okay, I got that. Next, I got that too. And then Monday's industry night. That's tonight, right now happening. Tap room is open. You can go now. And this is One Time Brew for you. Also, this episode of the podcast brought to you by Afloat. Manage stress and reduce pain today. Go floating zero gravity on salt water. Extensively just float away. We all know we have been busy, even if it's a Monday, maybe it's a little bit slower for some, but for others not. Who knows? Float membership still available right now for $39. Then there's no commitments. Floats never expire. If you miss a month, they just roll over and you get a 10% of all retail. And this is going to be increased on the December the 26th. So if you want to take advantage and grandfather this in, this is proper English, I, I've looked this up, then you can do that right now. You can call a float, type that in on Instagram. He's already on it. He's so good. Joshua, you're on fire. I'm so used to it now. <laughs> <laughs> you can book online on Instagram right there, booking. Either you do it online. There's the link on Instagram right there on Facebook as well. Or you can call 807-767-3529 or email Tracy. You can do that. Tracy, you know Tracy. Tracy at afloatcanada.com. There's three floats, three rooms, and then there's many times and availability uh, depending on the day you pick. You can do 60 minutes or 90 minutes, whatever you want to do. And they help you all with that first float if you have never floated. That is, you should book it now. I do float once a month, and it's just perfect. 
take care of yourself. Make that time. It's important. And they have a beautiful retail store where they also sell uh, brewed botanical tonic. So we have here an elderberry birch reishi relaxed calm drink. It's brewed actually, non-alcoholic. It's beautiful. And many other nutritionist ingredients you can help your body. I take the magnesium plus. No, not, the, not that one, another one, because I, I run so much. Okay, that's a float for you. Also, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Bites. Bites Restaurant and Bar. And what a bar it is. They have the greatest selection. It's beautiful right there on that. Con it's not even, is it a concrete slab? But it's just so nice. That stone, it's so soft even. There's some kind of special stuff on top of it. And it's just like home. And then you have the view on the other side. There's the Lake Superior, even in that... You know, we went for that November burger. We went and had that burger and on that stormiest day of the season and the waves, they didn't, they, they were there, but you could see them from the comfort. There's this ambiente, that relaxation, that full customer service and click on that beef tartare that is on the left, on the same column you had after the burger, there's the chicken supreme, but then you go over and over. Oh, did you do it? Did you do it? Yeah, that's this is now. Oh, oh well, that's that looks good too. Is that the salmon? Oh, that's that's the burger. That was the but there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is the beef tartare, and don't know if you are into it, but I definitely had to try it this weekend. It's been almost ten years ago now. It was joined on the original menu, and it has evolved over time. And sure, it has. It looked differently a couple years ago. Now you can come by and try it. It's made with minced Angus beef, Dijon bacon, capers. Ooh, that's tricky. What's that, man? Cornish. Cornish shones. Oh wow! But what is that? It's a little pickle. It's a little pickle. Beautiful. <laughs> pickle. Yes. I love that. And then please go back to the recipe. Uh, there we are. Truffle mayo, crostini, and smoked beef heart dust. <laughs> oh, yes. It was nice. Bites Restaurant and Bar. Check out their cocktails right now. You can reservation, open table, book online, or just call. And they have takeout now too. 807-622-4448. Call now. Or just walk in. Also, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Local Pizza. Please click on that classic cheeseburger pizza. It comes for $29.99, extra large only. That's the one size. It feeds you some one day, some half a day, some for two. You never know, but it's there and available for you right now. Trout, local ground beef, thick cut, local bacon, local extra gold, gouda, crab, apple, relish, pickles. Again, pickles. But this time, pickles from Jim's mom. And then we have some drizzle of secret sauce. We don't know what it is, but it just makes it perfect. Can you imagine you having a pizza and it tastes like a cheeseburger? But it is a pizza. Well, that's what they do. Eat local pizza, so much more so. Gluten-free pizza, vegan lasagna, frozen pizza, 767-0000. That's four zeros you can call now and place your order with that said please we want to give it up for the one and only very special guest tonight here with on the michael and here with us tonight is the one and only please give it up we're gonna just like suspend it we're gonna just like really draw this out 
<laughs> because I was like, the tension is rising. Who is it here? Who is here tonight? Well, if you would have joined us on Instagram, you would already know. But, you know, follow us. And follow also Sister Mol... Mol see, I, I, I told you. Mollusk. Mollusk? Mollusk? Mollusk. 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 Oh, my <laughs> God. Mollusk. Please give it up to Sister Mollusk. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> thanks so much for being here. <laughs> See, I told you I would not do it correctly. You almost got it. So I set myself up for failure. <laughs> Mind over matter, right? Do you believe that's true? It could be. It's powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you never know. Mm -hmm. Wow, I'm so happy you're here tonight. I've, I really do feel that what you create is very, very special. And I'm, I'm honored that you're here tonight. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. How was your day today? Did you have a good day? Monday, you said a little bit slow pre-show. You know, I had a really good Monday mm. work day. It was a little slow, a little groggy in the head, but a productive day overall. Yeah. Now I'm here. Some people have favorite days during the week. You know, mm. some people really don't like Mondays. Some people really like Friday. Of course they'd like Friday. Right? It's an easy one. <laughs> I like Wednesdays. The middle of the week? Yeah. 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 Halfway there, mm. you've accomplished something. It's and true. there's a bit more to look forward to. Mm. And you're almost to the weekend. It's motivational? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like you lose track of time, though, like lately? The, the Christmas coming up so quick. I, I never really have a good hold on time, I feel like. Uh, just The days are continuous yeah. and flowing. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's crazy that they came up with that, you know? There's 365 days? Or is it 356? 365 days. Yeah, mm -hmm. 365 days, and this is it. Then once in a while we get an extra day every four years, right? Because Caesar thought that's a good idea, maybe. Mm -hmm. Is that Caesar? Did Caesar come up with that? I don't think so, it's Caesar. No, Caesar came up with... No, he came up with the leap year, didn't he? The, the, what is it called? The leap year. Yeah. My mom was born on the 29th of February. Mm. She's, she's like 14 because she has birthday every four years. Uh, mm. Nice. That day just never counts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so every four years, it's a really big birthday. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, father of the leap year, Julius Caesar. Yep. Yeah. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. You had no idea? That he was the behind all that. Yeah. he. That's like one of his... And now, when was that? That was like 45 BC? Yep. That's a while ago. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's a really long time ago, <laughs> right? How many generations is that? Were you creative today? I was not creative today. Is that a good thing? Um, yeah, it's good to take a break. I, I would say I was creative all weekend. Um, getting, oh. getting ready for my shop update. And Ooh. so I was very creative all weekend. But today was just none. Mm -hmm. None at all. That's a good balance, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Is it? it? Yeah, you need to have some balance. Yeah, it's easy to get a little drained, mm -hmm. I think. When you try to do too much creatively, like I personally need to take a little break once in a while. Yeah, I find that too. Like I have a certain times where I can work. The kids are like maybe on nap time right now. Not right now, but like during lunch mm -hmm. from like noon till one, the smaller one sleeps. So I can either do something, I can go for a run or I'm going to, I'm going to do something for the podcast. And sometimes I wonder like the hour I spend for working for the podcast, if it really made a difference or sh should I have done something else? Mm. 
I'm the kind of person who like I like to just dive in for an entire day. Wow. I don't really like to have like little snippets of time that I set aside. It's like mm. I'm going all in. Okay. I'm doing it for the whole day or my whole weekend. Yeah. But you have to too, right? Because it's so complex, isn't it? Yeah, what I do is a it's like pretty timely process, mm. multi-step process that can take a number of days, but Okay, I would like to dive right into that if you sure. if you allow me. Mm -hmm. The um, I Joshua, can you look up that post, uh, where this it's not a what did you call it? Finally, putting my energy towards something worthwhile for some late season dying. Mm -hmm. The rotting lobster mushrooms I picked last month. There, oh, up a little bit, up a little more there. Yeah, and then right. on the right, this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at that. That's most impressive. Thank you. Unbelievable. So this is a weekend? Like, I'm just like throwing this out there. Is this a weekend of work or how does that work? Um, so there's a, there, there are many different steps um, to the natural dying process. So before I actually would have dyed this with the lobster mushrooms, I would have had to do a preparation process with the, this is silk. Yes. Uh, it's called silk charmeuse. That's the variation of silk that I used. Oh, how many variation of silk are there? There's many different kinds. And that's the spider web? Uh, it's from silk worms. Oh, yeah, that's silk the different one. Worms. Oh, the, mm -hmm. oh, wow. How did I mix that up? I thought it's... Well, it's like sp are you said spiders? Yeah, I totally mixed that up. Uh, well, I think that's kind of like spiders do have a certain type of silk. And actually, like I've heard of people uh, like spinning spider silk before. So oh. that is a thing. It's just not very common. Okay. Only yeah. Spider-Man. Yes. 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 <laughs> the spider pen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so basically, it would have been probably like an afternoon of the preparation process to do this, um, to prepare the fiber to accept the dye. It's called mordanting. Wow. Um, that's a key part of natural dyeing. So it's basically just immersing the fabric in like a bath of a, a certain solution that basically makes it ready to uh, accept the color. Like you changing the pH? Uh, not quite. Um, I can talk about pH in one second. Yes, yeah. please. <laughs> um, so once I prepared the silk to be ready to be dyed, I went out and picked my lobster mushrooms. So there's an afternoon of actually foraging oh. the materials. You have to get them fresh or is um, it dried? So I picked those mushrooms as they were kind of rotting. Mm. Um, Can you scroll over one? Just the, the same post, just post over. There you go. So they're pretty far, far along. Like a lot of them had like mold already growing on them and they were sort of falling apart. But actually with lobster mushrooms, the color is more potent when they're rotting Interesting. for whatever like chemical reason. Oh, it's a reaction. Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, so once I had picked the lobster mushrooms, I basically created like a, a dye soup with them by simmering out the color and then once the actual dye pot was ready, then you immerse the fabric in the color. Um, and with silk, it doesn't take very long for the color to apply. Um, what does that mean? Like 10 minutes? Uh, I think I did this one for maybe like an hour or so. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And that's not long. Uh, some things I'll leave in for days or weeks. Wow. Yeah. Um, like sort of the rule is that the longer you leave something in the pot of color, like the stronger the color will be. Mm. Uh, you don't always want to do that because sometimes it will sort of shift into a color you don't necessarily want. So because it changes, right? Mm -hmm. All colors lead to brown. Is that true? Mm. No. I don't know. Yeah. Because I'm not like sure. if you like, 
you know, the aspiring painter who has like all the colors mixing it all together, and then it's always brown. I think that's um, <laughs> if you mix all the colors together, they it, yes. it becomes brown. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. <laughs> it's frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you, that's not applicable. You would say like the red would change into more pink or... It might shift into like a deeper shade. I was very happy after an hour with the shade that it was, so oh, I pulled it out. Okay, mm -hmm. so there's no difference between the dyeing in process of the color and then pulling it out, there's no change. Most Once you pull it out and it's in the air, yeah, almost like an oxidation process. Is that what you're... And just like the intensity. Like some paints you paint wet and then when they dry, they look different. Yeah, so anything you're pulling out wet is going to dry much lighter. Ah, yeah. So you, you can see how the color will look after. Yeah. You kind of have to, once you start working with this process, you sort of develop an eye for mm -hmm. realizing like, yes, this color looks uh, several shades darker than I eventually want it to be, but that's when you would want to pull it out because it's going to dry like, mm. the color that you actually want. Wow, that's impressive. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Yeah? Okay. Really, really good skill. Mm -hmm. How long did that take to like, you know, have that feeling, the knowledge that you you see it? Uh, like developing the skill of knowing mm. when to take it out of the pot. Yeah, I I don't know. I think, like possibly even not that long ago. Like mm. I I, I think I'm continuously learning and beautiful. I still mess things up. You know, I still ruin things and leave them in too long. Or I, mm. it's not a problem if you take it out too soon because you can just put it right back in. But uh, yeah, okay. I make mistakes as well. But definitely mm. a couple years to sort of learn the tricks. So the patterns are all natural then, right? There's no control on the on the pattern of the color that is applicable on the... So you mentioned uh, the pH before. So after I had taken this out, I actually... Um, I had a, a bath of... Um, sorry, I'm drawing a blank. A bit of... Uh, baking soda oh baking and soda the good old baking soda yeah right what does it not do i know <laughs> and i also had some citric acid uh. and so i took uh, some samples from the piece and i tested seeing which way i would shift the color oh. um in each of the solutions and i decided to go with the more acidic one and so you can see some variations it's beautiful um and that's just from basically scrunching up the fabric and lightly like dipping it in wow yeah so did you dip it in more on the top side where it's brighter? Yeah, so you can see the lighter pieces in it turned it more of like a, a coral shade. Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. beautiful. Thank you. Wow. So silk is, is very expensive, isn't it? It can be, yeah. Um, I try to thrift most of what I find, but obviously mm. yardage like this, like you're not going to find silk charmeuse in the thrift store. Okay. So yeah, it can be very expensive. Um, yeah. Mm. Uh, I, I was lucky enough to come across um, basically like a large quantity of raw silk. Okay. Um, secondhand. Uh, my grandmother's friend was sort of had like this like sort of low-key like fabric store in her basement and wow. ac actually one of their friends had passed away okay. and she left behind like a big box of raw silk so wow. now i i don't have to invest mm -hmm. so much i have this huge supply of secondhand which is like a positive as well um supply of raw silk so that's impressive yeah what does this mean raw silk is it like does that mean just like it's 
the product like cotton you have you you because you have this little device too where you can not webbing but on your instagram you showed it mm. you know when you do like they, they used to make um there you go dream weaving weaving oh you're talking about weaving yeah, yeah. is that like is that applicable to silk too or how do they make that um so silk comes from silk worms and it spins all of the fiber and then a bra silk is a weave yeah uh, so okay. or like silk is a weave a very yeah. very tight weave wow yeah so small right tiny is it by hand um there's mm, they used to maybe maybe but there's there's lots of different ways yeah, yeah and i hand. i you know i i can't say i know that much about the production of silk yardage to be honest mm -hmm. yeah okay sounds good yeah and what like can you define what raw silk then ultimately means uh yeah so it's uh, just like more unprocessed okay. so obviously like this really silky <coughs> glossy silk shirmoose has mm. like been through uh, a couple other steps to uh. give it that sheen Oh, um, I didn't know. And then the raw silk is like uh, more pure, I suppose. Yeah. Does yeah. it feel the same way? It almost, some of it almost feels like a cotton, honestly. It's wow. really, really soft. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like polyester? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, we hate polyester. Thank you. <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, it feels, <laughs> it feels almost like a cotton. It has sort of like a nubbiness to it. Like, um, mm. I should have brought a little piece for It's you. super breathable too, right? Yeah, yeah. Silk is wonderful, honestly. Um, yeah, I can't speak more highly about silk. It's super soft. It's super comfortable. But it's, if it's wet, does it like lose a lot? Like some, you know, the, like the sports teams, they all have those nike dry fit super quick whatever but like cotton usually hangs on to a lot of water right mm -hmm. it's, it's like some people don't like to wear cotton when they go mountain climbing because then if they stop too much water they get cold trouble mm. how's it with silk you know i don't really know like like silk dries really really quickly so part of me is like why don't they use it for that ah, there are silk okay. blends that um you can get like a, a with a, other different types of fibers so that there is actually like stretchy silk mm. um it's not very common and i'm sure it's very expensive but i don't know maybe the expense is why they don't make like yeah it's very athletic limited. wear yeah and how much time does it take to produce too right yeah for sure mm, it's complex but i do know that like silk is also very it can be like almost like thermal and i know that like historically people would wear silk uh, like undergarments oh. because it actually retains heat quite well oh it does yeah yeah joshua you should look that up on like silk who invented it like who who came up with this like you know maybe you mm. know but like it, it may have come from china i want to say but i i would be guessing mm. yeah china the origin of silk production and weaving is an ancient and clouded in legend oh mm. nobody knows but supposedly the industry undoubtedly began in china where according to native record it existed from sometime before the middle of the third millennium wow and those are the those are the little silkworms wow so they build a cocoon what's that is it a cocoon where they sit in or what is it what are they doing you there? know i don't know i always pictured it the 
I guess I need to like watch a video or something. But I always pictured them coming out more like a spider. That's what I saw. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know it was like cocoons that they. Mm. See, spiders do silk too, just like yeah. But oh, there's a lot of silk. How silk is made? Hmm. Okay. Well, <laughs> this, this seems like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's focus back on you. <laughs> so interesting. I thought you would pick those mushrooms like a, a weekend or two weeks before. But you have to use them right away, right? You don't have to. Like, you could leave them sitting in there. Like I said, like, rot rotten is great. Mm -hmm. um, you could leave them rotting in your fridge for as long as you want, really. How did you find that out? Like, did you find a book where it says mm -hmm. only use rotten mushrooms? I... Or is it in the interwebs? Or did I you... think I might have, yeah, found it. I knew I was going to try some lobster mushroom dyeing. Mm -hmm. Was kind of just winging it. Maybe looked up a couple uh, articles on the internet, and mm -hmm. I think I remember reading that there. And it's true. I I used some that were like perfect in perfect condition, and then I actually oh, compared it. it with some yeah. that I used that were rotten. And it's true. Yeah, we rotten have, is better. Rotten is better. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of mushrooms here in Northern Ontario. Mm -hmm. My my wife drew up those mushrooms behind you. Oh. She did like uh, mushroom sheets. Oh, cute. And you know, because there are so many out here. And even there's a guide in Ontario where you have like, it helps you to identify mushrooms. Mm. And it's like a supported thing where you get the mushroom guide and you can go out and pick some mushrooms. But just always be careful because mm -hmm. you never know, right? It's true. I don't know. I, I would... I don't, I don't think I would do it. I would stick to the cream and and uh, the mushrooms and the superstore. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, fair. Wow. You got some pillows you're launching? Yeah, pillows. It's like you you are giving this opportunity today. You, you we, we can do a pre-look show into your shop. We can yeah. do it. Anytime you want to do it, we can do it. But we can pillow up those pillows on Instagram. Because you are reopening your shop, and this also includes uh, plant diet throw pillows. Yes. In weird and wonderful shapes. Silk mask and flower printed scrunchies and scarves. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, it's that, exciting stuff. That's good for your face, right? Silk mask? Yeah, silk masks are nice because they're, like you said, very breathable. Mm -hmm. um, and silk is actually quite good for your skin uh, if you're having problems with that. Uh, um, and the plant dyes are all natural, so another good thing for your skin as well. Is silk like, um, you know, lots of people sometimes have allergies with wool, right? Mm. They get itchy and scratchy. Is mm -hmm. silk like, like the poodles? People don't have allergies because the poodles are hyper... Hypoaller. Hypoallergenic. I. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas just looks at me. <laughs> uh, I think it is. Yeah, okay. I would have to Google that to confirm it, but um, I'm pretty sure silk is. Yeah. Okay, interesting. So how did you come up with those pillows? The pillows. I just uh, I wanted to make something something cute and decorative like everything that i usually make is functional and i've been making a lot of like clothing um accessory type things and i wanted to make something that could be enjoyed sort of purely for aesthetic reasons in your home um and you know what i had a ton of scraps left over from some of the sewing projects i was doing this summer mm -hmm. um and all these fat um shades here so i was making uh clothing with all these um mm. fabrics here and then i had some leftover pieces and i was like what can i make with these so those are perfect yeah 
They're cute. They remind me a little bit of those. You know, they have the nursing pillows where you can mm. for the baby. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's like an is it like a U shape something like that? Yeah, but they're very handy. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and even on the airplane, they have those inflatable ones. They're not as nice as those ones, obviously, but <laughs> they remind me the shape of it. Right? Yeah, and the functionality. Yeah. Do you like those really long pillows that is uh, as long as your pillow and you can hug them? Oh yeah, I think that's hugging pillows. Hugging, hugging pillows? pillows? Yeah, you like hugging pillows? I've never had <laughs> one, but I like the idea. Yeah, yeah. single as. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's perfect, you know. Even if you don't have a blanket, then at least you have a hugging pillow. They're super long too. Just in case you don't want to feel lonely. Mm. Mm. Yeah, or just comfortable. <laughs> Whatever it takes. You can even get one with Danny DeVito on it. <laughs> what? <laughs> Do you see that? Yeah, uh, it's crazy. That must be a very small pillow then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he's a bit shorter. Well, maybe it's not so long. Just saying. The the face mask. That's those are those ones right here, right? Yes. Yeah. If you scroll over one, did you do what did you call it? Yeah. So the one on the right, the green one, is dyed with marigolds and over dyed with indigo. Mm -hmm. And then the middle one is dyed with. Um, a dye called cochineal. A cochineal is um, a bug, actually. Uh -huh. um, so most of what I use is locally foraged, but I do have a favorite dye extract, which is cochineal. So you can, from uh, dye suppliers, you can buy a little tin of these bugs that usually uh, inhabit places like Mexico and uh, the southern states. And basically, when you grind them up, they make like a pink powder a pink extract and that's what you make the dye with by simmering out that color mm. um so that's one of my favorite dyes that i like to work with quite often um so the one in the middle is first dyed with some cochineal and then over dyed um and with a folding technique in a marigold bath and then the one on the left is purely just cochineal uh dyed in an after bath of iron minerals wow mm -hmm. How do you get those colors in? So you, because it's now, if I listened correctly, the main ingredients, <clears throat> excuse me, for the, the middle and the left one is the same. And then you get the lines by the folding. I understand that. Mm -hmm. And then another ingredient, I guess that's what it is. And then the left one, just that's the main color of that beetle. Uh, actually, this one is slightly darker because it's dipped in an iron afterbath. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you did say yeah. that. Okay, wow. So, but it's pretty close. Okay, wow. You would think it would, like iron in water is usually brownish, reddish, right? Yeah, so iron is used basically to satin colors. Um, yeah, and so and that's what it did. It took it from like a more vibrant pink and shifted it down to more of like a magenta y purpley color. Wow. So each and every single face mask is totally independent, its own product, right? Because unique, yeah. yeah Everything exactly. is unique, absolutely, yeah. Wow. Mm hmm. One of a kind is yeah. how I describe it. Even oat milk lady says, Oh my god, oh my god, the pillows. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. Yeah. yeah, she did your logo too, right? Uh, she, or she said she came up with some some design for you. Uh, yep yeah, they they designed my logo. Yeah, 
we had her on really really good episode i, I love what she's doing yeah they're wonderful mm-hmm. wow okay so you do cl you do clothing what do you do all like face mask you do those beautiful sheets that's just my english that's probably the prop not the right form there's dresses right yeah, so I worked on a project last winter that was uh, a collaboration with the Wayward Sisters. Have you heard of them? Yes. They sell vintage clothing. Uh-huh. So they provided a collection of uh, secondhand and vintage clothing, and I dyed them all, and then we sold them in my shop. Ah. Um, so I like to do a lot of that. I like to... So for me, I try to use as little new materials as possible. Mm -hmm. It's very important to me to work with um, secondhand, uh, dead stock, um, or repurposed materials. So that's how I, I try to work. Um, it, I don't buy a lot of yardage of fabric purely to just make brand new things because yeah. I'm very, try to be very conscious of like what I'm bringing into the world. Um, so yeah, I dye a lot of existing clothing, but I also, I do enjoy sewing um mm. as well so this summer i actually sewed underwear yes you did i sewed some underwear and i i've made a couple batches of these bandeau tops mm -hmm. um usually in the summertime yeah you had you had the model too right yeah somebody somebody modeled it for you yeah that's elena there you go mm -hmm. that's, that's wonderful yeah so i just i just like to try new things um Anytime I've learned a new skill or learned to make something new, if I feel confident enough about it, then mm. I decide to make a, a small batch of them and put them for sale. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. How do you do, do you, how do you put that, the rubber, is it a rubber band or what is it? Like, how do you get them that they stay on? There's an elastic in there. Okay. Um, there's actually a, a shop called, uh, it's called Fab Cycle, which is a store in Vancouver and Basically, what they do is they sell uh, secondhand um, and dead stock fabric and fabric notions. Oh, on so, purpose. yeah, nice. so everything they sell is just yardage of dead, dead stock fabric. But then they also have things like uh, huge piles of like elastic mm -hmm. that someone didn't use. So, yeah, is that because of fashion and fashion turns over and this fabric we can't sell next year? Or yeah, there's yeah, dead. The idea of dead stock fabric is that. Um, you're buying them from the fabric producer uh, to avoid it going to the landfill, basically. Mm -hmm. It's the excess that they can't sell. It's crazy. It's, there's like definitely some debate against that, that because the demand for dead stock fabric with sort of like the wave of sustainability has become so strong, mm. there's now demand for dead stock fabric uh -huh. by sustainable brands that uh, fabric producers are actually producing extra fabric on purpose which kind of eliminates the purpose wow. so it's not really dead stock okay but yeah or you could think like companies go they go broke and then you know the stock gets sold and then yeah yeah we've been in those local sewing shops right they have there's a lot of fabric mm -hmm. and some fabric you look at and it's like who's gonna buy that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah there's a lot of ugly fabric out there it's isn't like, there wow it, and you know good for good for it like everybody has a different taste but i can see see maybe that will fill in a little bit maybe not i don't know but it's just like i can i really i really value your perspective where you, you want to use what is there already and you 
doing those beautiful creations of it. Thank you. What a wonderful gift, giving back this much, and then it's all natural too. Yeah. It's unbelievable if you really think about it. I didn't know. When did you start this all? Um, I've been doing natural dyeing for about five years now. Wow. Mm -hmm. Did you just fall into it? Um, so actually my grandmother is a natural dyer mm -hmm. and not that she doesn't work in natural dyes so much anymore, but certainly like decades ago, but okay. she is a master, uh, weaver and spinner. Wow. So she's an artist and an educator and she, I wasn't really, um, engaged in textile arts, like until I was in my mid twenties. Mm -hmm. Um, but I had been exposed to it through her just like in conversation and seeing every all her hangings in her house and all her looms and mm. all those interesting things and I sort of like woke up one day and I was like why have I not connected with this part of her life like more intimately and mm. I just decided to start learning it that's it yeah yeah and I took a couple courses um oh yeah I took a course uh, at the North House Folk School in Grand Marais. Oh. Have you heard of that place? I have heard about Grand Marnier. Marais. Marais. <laughs> <laughs> My accent is throwing me off again. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, there's a couple of schools down there. I talked to somebody else and he went to some kind of art school down there too. So there's a couple like good mm -hmm. schooling opportunities, it seems. Yeah, it's a creative community for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But wow. yeah. Okay. A master weaver. Mm -hmm. That's 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 a good title. It is. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah she is. earned it though. Yeah, hundred percent. It's there's this theory, you know, if you want to master, if you are a master of a skill or knowledge, you have to have a certain amount of hours to be considered being a master of the skill. Just hypothetically, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> It has nothing to do with the grandmother, but it's just like, it's impressive because I think it's like over, I think it's over a thousand hours. 10,000. 10, okay. I always screw this up. 10,000 hours, 10,000 hours till you master something. Mm -hmm. So that's crazy. It's a long while. Yeah. So see you in another 9,000 hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd be, be better. <laughs> <laughs> How do you... So you started five years ago, you picked that up, the inspiration, it took you over, you know, you saw it and it, you connected with it, very powerful. And now here you are five years later, but you did a lot of experimentation too, right? Yeah. You, you seem like the person that goes for it. You know, you see, you, you, you like to use what is there, but then you also like to use what you see when you go out into nature and there it is. Yeah, that's true, I'd say. Mm -hmm. It's both ways and it's really good. I love that. Mm -hmm. You have this little camping trailer. Yeah, that's also sometimes my dye studio. Oh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I own a little trailer. It's parked uh, just in the woods at my mom's mm -hmm. property and I've lived in it a couple times, couple summers. Um, yeah. Not so well. Yeah, a bit this summer, early mm -hmm. summer, I did a lot of dying there. Definitely last summer, I was dying all summer long out there. Um, there's a little stove inside, so Ooh. have some pot simmering usually, and mm -hmm. not coffee. 
Mm, there's never coffee. It's never always coffee. just dye yeah. stuff. Look at that. And those are more lobster mushrooms from uh, last summer. Walk us, walk us through. What is what is on the table? Mm, sure. So we have lobster mushrooms in the colander there. And then it looks like there's some curled dock. That's the sort of curly mm. brown. Yeah, I got to use the mouse for a second, Joshua. Okay. This one here? Uh, no, those are just uh, sticks. Oh, but the curly plant. Yeah, that's yeah. curled dock. Um, it's green in the early summer and then halfway through the summer it shifts and dries and becomes crispy. You got, you took everything out too, right? Yeah. So roots, I took my shovel and went along like the side of the road basically and I dug them all up. Mm -hmm. And so the tops and the bottoms make uh, different colors. Ah. Yeah. So basically I would chop the bottom off of the, the roots yeah. and then basically like grind them up as much as possible like by hand yeah like yeah. chopping and just like squishing them you do this in this little like in the kitchen sometimes you know they have this a uh, mortar and pestle yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, my favorite tool <laughs> it is nice how many do you have i only have one mm -hmm. but i love it dearly. yeah is it is it a standard size or do they come bigger too right they do come bigger mm. um but I didn't use the mortar and pestle for this. It's more so like I just chopped really finely and like oh. used the edge of the knife. To like, like green onions. Yeah. 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 Okay. I get <laughs> it. And what is, what is, what is, is this, what is this here? Is there something specific in there? I couldn't tell you what's in those jars okay. at this point. Are those sunflowers? Sunflowers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that now interesting question about sunflowers. Now everybody would probably think, well, yeah, yellow because of the flower leaves but do you do anything else with the sunflower so i've never had like great success with sunflowers um i did some printing with the petals this year which leave like an obvious yellow mm -hmm. um and but i i have seen that you can grind up certain varieties of sunflower seeds and mm -hmm. it makes like a a dusty gray sort of purple shade yeah almost silver like mm -hmm. probably yeah because when you have them dried and you know sunflower seeds dry there's always this little skin on it and it's a little bit silverish mm -hmm. it's just yeah i think i'm not sure what kinds like i i actually i have two huge bags of sunflower seeds that people gave me last year to try but oh, haven't gotten around to okay. it yeah mm -hmm. yeah how do you like your sunflower seeds if you eat them roasted or not I don't really eat sunflower seeds no, honestly eh? like yeah. i'll be yeah honest i don't really they even make those. sunflower seeds butter it's true, yeah. yeah. I don't mind that stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty good. Huh. Yeah. What is what is the the other t couple ones? There's just this one. Uh, that looks like uh, goldenrod. Oh. You know goldenrod? No. Uh, it grows like rampantly on the side of the highways towards mm. the end of summer. Oh. Tall, bushy, yellow plants. Mm. Is that where they make oil out of it? Uh, is, is that canola that you're... No, I mean wraps in, in German. Maybe that's canola. Yeah, maybe. But it, I would only know the German word for it. Like we in German, there's a lot of big, big fields of yellow flowers and they are called wraps. Wraps? Wraps? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. And then what is the furthest to the left? Uh, and it looks like just more curled dock. Uh, and this one? I'm not sure what that is. Yeah, okay. Kind of just looks like grass. Honestly. So sometimes you just go and <laughs> try something out, right? Yeah, a lot of experimentation, like you said. You can see like this that gross-looking jar on mm, the ground. Yeah, this one. 
I think that was an experiment I did with these, like, um, I found these mushrooms uh, in the middle of the summer that were, like, like the dust was, like, neon. It was wow. such an incredible color. Um, and so I just, even just by, like, brushing the mushroom, like, with my hand, there would be, like, this this really potent dust on my hands. So I figured it would, like, transfer to the fabric, but it didn't really. No way. Yeah. Mm. It was disappointing. Yeah, but you try it out. Yeah. Yeah. There's crazy stuff out there, too. I came across in the country, there was this one weird flower. It would grow, not flower, but organism almost. Like, it would have little bubbles. And if you step on it, it just explodes and shoots some stuff out of it. Whoa. Mm. Nature is weird, isn't it? It, it is. It's crazy. And you don't know. Okay, so that's very, this is almost like you totally disconnect and it's creative time nonstop, right? Definitely down here, yeah. Yeah. I definitely get in the zone at the mm. trailer. Would you go out there for weeks? Um, well, at this point I was living here, yeah, so. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's, is it connected or are you offline? Uh, I definitely pop back up to my mom's house to use the internet sometimes. I mm. did, couldn't say I'm completely disconnected. Yeah. Do you miss it when you're not online? Some people are like really connected and they're like, ah. I wish I was less connected, honestly. Mm -hmm. And I know that it's it's good mm. for everyone to yeah. be that way. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I definitely enjoy it when I'm able to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you read then? Do I read? Yeah. I, yeah, I enjoy reading. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Shakespeare? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I enjoy like sort of... I enjoy environmental writing. Ah, um, okay. Yeah, like uh, short essays, mm. personal reflections, oh. that kind of thing. You write yourself? Uh, I don't do much writing. No, ah. no. I do. I find out that I often do like do a lot of writing for work, so I don't really ah, okay. feel like doing that much outside mm. of it. But it comes in handy when I have to like draft copy for my website and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like you express emotions with your art? through like every artist it's like you can say it might be it might be not true but like the work an artist produces is a reflection of certain mindsets and experience right it comes from somewhere yeah it might be external it might be inside mm -hmm. how, how is that for you what do you because like colors are emotions would you agree yeah, no, I would definitely agree. And I can often see um, like certain moods or certain phases of my life reflected in, you know, the colors that I'm interested in making yeah. um, without even consciously like making that connection. Yeah, That's very true. It's yeah. a pattern, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then you look back and you say, why did I paint it? Why did I paint it this color? And then you go back into it and say, oh, okay, mm. those phases, right? Lucas is addressing the camera. He's he's always on. He's always here. He lives here. <laughs> <laughs> no. Wow. Okay. So tell me about flowers then. You'd like to know about flowers? I do. I love flowers. Um Is it hard to pick them? To say, okay, flower, it's time to go on the fabric? You know, sometimes it's sometimes, but I think um, what I like to do is like I, I'll pick some of my flowers and I'll enjoy them on the table 
or enjoy them like in a little basket for maybe a day or so yeah. have some time to connect with them and then it's like into the dye pot after that yeah um but i wouldn't say i have a particularly hard time picking them obviously i won't pick flowers if there's only a couple of them because that right. would be rude yeah yeah do you give thanks like you know like thank you this, this is the attitude right i'm i meditate you know i'm thankful for my life and you know i sometimes sit there and you know some people hug trees in their own way and that's okay but some trees are very big and they channel energy there's a lot of energy out there but how is that for you yeah i don't i wouldn't say i like am consciously like Thank you. Mm. Thank you. But I certainly have like moments where I, I look at like how my practice has developed and or if I've like created a color that I'm particularly like moved by, then mm -hmm. sure, like I definitely ha take times for like solitude and quiet and just reflecting on like the place where I've harvested something from and, and what it's brought me and what it's taught me. So yeah. in that way, I would say, yeah, I definitely express gratitude. Mm hmm. There's this movie series on Netflix, Corey Carson. It's for kids, but it's also for parents. <laughs> and she is the mother of Corey Carson, and they're going on this camping trip. And there's this one flower that only blooms when the moon hits at midnight, certain direction, any given time. You never know when, for a minute. It's almost like Rapunzel. Is it in Rapunzel where that flower you need the the flower you need to get over this disease and care? I don't think so. Rapunzel's like the the, the hair. hair. Yeah, but one of them has like who is it? Who is the flower then in Disney movies and they need it? Okay, it's a blank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we could look it up, but it's okay. Then it's just like, are there flowers really like that that are just like? Once a year, they pop in and then they're gone. Do you, are you aware of that? Or is it like a flower? Usually every August, we have like those yellow flowers that sit along the house and they come back every year. It's like, there's a, that's, a, that's a thing too. Like flowers are, there's plants that are seasonal and non-seasonal, right? They only, because if you buy flowers in the shop, some, they say they just die. Annual and non-annual? Oh, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so you're talking about like when you plant a garden and you have to plant the seed, a seed every year, like a new seed every year. Yeah. Or you can have a variety and just that will back. keep like yeah. coming back over and over again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there's beauty too in like just open wide fields of wildflowers too. Oh, yeah. I love that. That's one of my favorite things it's for like, sure. Why do we cut the grass so short? Because there's so many, like, I understand they do it in the city, but we used to live in the, in the country, and this one side was, like, down the hill, and you could let it grow a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. And if you do, then there's spiders all over it. There's, like, so many things living in it that you would never know. Yeah, it's a, it becomes a home for all those creatures. I know, it's crazy. And we're just cutting them down. Yeah. Yeah. And we're just cutting it down. <laughs> <laughs> it's really sad, yeah. So do you find rare flowers, like the Night Blooming series? No. In Northern Ontario? Honestly, I'm not sure. Like, I know the flowers that I'm looking for. I know the flowers that are, are common to us that we encounter often. But I can't say that mm. I really encounter um, rare flowers too often. 
Okay, so it does happen that you find something that like you have not seen here before? I mean, always. Every time I'm out in nature, I okay. see something I've never seen before, wow. you okay. know. But I would never pick a rare flower, of course, mm. you know. Okay. I'm So, like, I'm looking for the things that there's an abundance of that's, yes. like, ab appropriate to harvest and use for my craft. Mm -hmm. um, Did you know in Netherlands, in the Netherlands, in the early, whatever, hundreds, 1600s, 1700s, tulip was the... Uh, money. I think there's a movie. I saw the a bulbs. movie. Yeah. yeah, they had all the tulips with the money. If you mm -hmm. have a lot of tulips, the 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 roots, you those the bulbs, is it that? Bulb. 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 Uh, bulb. The stems. Not not the stems, but like the 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 onion. It's like an onion, mm -hmm. right? When the the plant comes out of it, then you 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 the you the the best. Was it for for gardening? Like, because they had such vast gardens in Europe, is that? I don't know, but they they made it. It was super. It was like a form of payment. Yo, you want that piano? I give you a couple tulips. That's it. Because I think they were so rare, and then you know you you built your fields. That was maybe that's what they did. I don't know. Mm. We would have to look into it. The, the tulips were introduced to Holland in 1593 with the bubble occurring primarily from 1634 to 1637. It's called the tulip mania. <laughs> it's crazy. Mm -hmm. And now it's like everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. so, do you mix flowers? Or do you ha always have to have like one flower, this color, if I want to do something else with that project, one flower one color or do you, would you mix flowers together i wouldn't mix flowers together to make like a, a pot of dye color um because it would make like a miscellaneous like muddy color but you can mix the petals when you're doing eco printing um what does that mean so there's some photos on my instagram of when you see like the sort of uh flower prints the kind of like splotchy color maybe further up i I think there's a photo further up there, even further. So on the top right there. Mm. Yeah, so this is through a process called bundle dyeing. Um, it's basically when you bundle up the fabric with, um, you can use all kinds of things, but this was a workshop I did with just flowers. Wow. Um, so you can see how the colors like blend together beautifully when they've been, so they've basically been steamed on. Like with an iron? Uh, so we we roll up the fabric with all the flower petals um, in whatever arrangement you want. You sort of tie it up with a little string and then you put it into like a colander steaming ah. over heat for about like half an hour. And like then, you would like how you make asparagus. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you can do that with all kinds of things. Like um, some people do eco printing uh, more so with leaves. Um you can you can really print many many things but i i prefer flowers because i really like to work in sort of the the brighter more vibrant colors mm. what what does what do flowers mean for you what do flowers mean for me um flowers are sort of about like um like a transformation i suppose um in terms in this context anyways it's sort of like a surprise a curiosity towards mm. nature you're sort of bundling something up um and 
putting it away for a little while and returning to it, mm-hmm. practicing some patience. And then what's there in front of you is what the flower is offered. And it's like a really nice offering towards you. Yeah. So if that makes sense. And you, you, in a way you extend the life for the flower too, because it's permanently on there now, right? Yeah, more or less, for sure. And it's like a, it's a, a memory in a sense. Mm-hmm. It's a memory of the season. It's a memory of that, that moment in time when you bundled it up. Yeah. How do you preserve the colors? Do you have to seal it? So what I was explaining before was the mordanting process. Um, So that's the step you do to really make the fabric uh, receive the dye and hold the dye properly. Okay, both at the same time. If you roll up a a piece of fabric with with some flowers or you dip it in some dye, it's not going to receive it. And if it does, it's going to fade really quickly. Mm. So that's sort of the stabilizing process. Yeah. And silk is always hand wash only, right? Yeah, I would never throw silk in the washing machine. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I recommend hand washing everything that I make. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also recommend washing as infrequently as possible. Yeah. And it's not necessarily because... It's not necessarily because the color is going to wash right out. I like to be very clear that this mordanting step that I'm talking about is securing the color in your fiber. And people assume that like natural color is going to wash right out. It's if it's prepared properly, then it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very like rigid with my mordanting process. Um, but it's more so like I encourage people to wash a little bit less simply because we don't really need to. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like to sort of encourage people to get into the mindset of just washing only as needed or maybe doing spot cleaning or airing out. Yes. Just a lot more just like environmentally friendly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's a that's a big one, too. That saves a lot of water. Mm-hmm. But then also, you know, the natural process of what you do is the opposite of what like jeans companies do, right? Yeah. Suppose that's pretty messy. Well, it's really important to say, like, just because something is natural doesn't mean it's automatically sustainable. Natural dyeing does, like, consume quite a lot more water than you would expect. Certainly not the quantity of water that it takes to make a pair of jeans. Yeah, okay. But I I always like to be upfront about that because people, like, hear that something is natural and they're like, it's good. Mm. It's good. But there's there's sort of, like, some dark parts of everything, I think. Right. Yeah, where's, where's light, there's darkness too. Yeah. Mm, it's always like that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, are you really active then? There's flowers all year round, right? Are you amazed by the strawberry flowers? I'm amazed by the strawberry flowers. I don't, I'm not sure I am. Like, yeah. I don't know them very well. I have a, I have a couple of strawberries in the back of our yard over there. And it's always the first flower and the latest flower. Mm. They just keep going and going and going. It's a strong one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it like, is it like, um, would some people branch off into fruit flowers only? Is that a thing? Like apple? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my mom and my stepdad have like an apple tree and mm. there's apple blossoms every spring. And then there's on my Instagram, you can see what I dyed with it. Uh, one of oh, those. You did th- try it. Okay. Yeah. Like the most beautiful green I've ever gotten with the throw pillow is dyed with apple blossoms. Wow. You would not think. Why is it green? I know. I know. It's like this beautiful pink flowers. I, I thought I was going to get a pink for sure. But that's sort of like, um, like what I'm getting at with the the surprise you know mm-hmm. like the surprise and the flowers and what your the materials that you're working with it never turns out how you think it's going to and it's really magical that way yeah yeah 
it's almost is it uncontrollable no but it's almost like you don't know exactly yeah if you've never tried it before and mm. you like i couldn't find anything online about dying with those particular flowers so mm. i was it truly was a surprise wow okay that's impressive do you do you offer your goods anywhere else than online do you participate like in uh, some kind of market sometimes uh, once in a while, I'll do a market. I didn't actually do any of the Christmas markets this season, but um, I did uh, the backyard market this summer. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just like what I when I have extra time available. Yeah. Um, but the online shop thing works really well, and I like having control of things that way. Yeah. Um, I just sent some things off to um, a shop in Kelowna. Is going to start carrying Ooh, some of my pieces. It nice. Is exciting. Yeah, yeah. I've been. Kalana is nice. Yeah. They have a beautiful German restaurant. Oh, yeah? Yeah, close by somewhere. What? What is that? Oh, okay, I, I, I'm not getting it. Lucas is showing me something. He's showing you That's indigo. The Japanese used to dye their denim. They, they what? The Japanese indigo plant. Yes. So that's where the dye from denim comes from. Oh, the jeans? Yeah, the yeah. blue in your jeans is an indigo. Um, A lot of it... Like some of the some denim is still dyed with um, the Japanese indigo, like the plant based, uh, but I think a lot of it is synthetic now. Yeah. Uh, okay. Interesting. Man, Lucas knows denim. He wants to wear all denim. Yeah, Isn't that what you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. But it's a dying art. Uh, okay. Yeah, I bet. It's almost like samurai sword fighting. Right? Who knows? Uh, this That's that project you did. So where do you see this going? I'm not too sure, honestly. I just sort of chip away at it. Mm -hmm. And I only started selling things in my shop like exactly a year ago. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. It's amazing. Thank you. Um, yeah, I don't really have any like set plans. I'm just sort of like going with the flow and... There's people seem to still be interested in what I'm making and what I'm selling. And mm -hmm. so it's yeah. very unique, you know, thank you. Very connected to with the uh, with nature mm -hmm. and our surrounding. Mm -hmm. There's nothing more beautiful than to know, like this was produced right here locally. And then also with whatever was around. Right. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's sort of like an imprint of the place that we're in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You like roses? I wouldn't say they're my favorite, mm -hmm. um, but I did collect a lot of wild roses. Oh, there's wild roses out here? Yeah, there is, yeah. Oh, like rose hip? No. Yeah, like the plant that turns to rose hips. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, is that the purple one? It's like a nice soft pink. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and it, I did a lot of printing with it this season. It's mm. a very, very soft, subtle uh, color that it leaves. Like it's not like a super potent pink or anything. But Yeah. Is that the one where the seeds afterwards, you know, they're on a little ball-shaped thing, and then mm -hmm. if you crack it open this and you put it on the skin, it gets super itchy? Are you talking about rose hips? Is that what it is? No, I probably not. I don't. I didn't ever knew rose hips to make your skin itchy. We had this in Germany. We had when I was in like in school, grade five or six. There was this plant by the soccer field, and it was always like pink flowers, purple leaves, stuff. And then greeny, slimy uh, seeds 
in the bulb behind it mm. and they were super itchy if you throw them at other people <laughs> 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 not that i did that but mm. i got i definitely got my fair share too <laughs> oh there was lots of questions i'm sorry i didn't even see jeff morley wants to know what's your favorite local source of plant derived dye uh definitely the lobster mushrooms are up there but um goldenrod is also probably in um, my top three as well the um, yellow flower yeah that I, showed I, you. I remember yeah so goldenrod mixed with indigo uh is like the most like beautiful almost like neon like uh, greeny yellow color Ooh. it's really cool like nuclear not clear nuclear yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. almost pops. like that yeah oh nice yeah hmm lucas wants to know what's your favorite mushroom i think we all answered that question and then <laughs> lucas also wants to know also have you tried doing spore prints on fabric i have not no and what is that i think a spore print is when you put the mushroom uh, like like gills down and see like i think that's what uh, mushroom pickers do to make sure it's like to identify the mushrooms so that they're not going to pick something that's poisonous oh. because when you do that it leaves like a certain color is what i understand oh. i'm not an expert it's in like that, a test yeah but that's a good idea and maybe i will try it interesting how do you find inspiration uh inspiration mm, honestly like i think just sp like spending time in nature and like seeing the abundance of like what's available and sort of paying attention to my surroundings and noticing new things every year new things that offer potential colors and mm. potential textures so yeah i would say that inspires me i get a lot of inspiration from honestly like other makers as well mm. like from my grandmother like i said and yeah just the world around me i guess it's beautiful thank you so do you think you want to do this like full-time you would you want to do it full-time like this is it monday to friday right once wednesday comes you good i would if i could if yeah. i could just die all day long yeah i'd love to do that okay. um not quite there sure right now like yeah but you <laughs> you know the when if you love something and you know you want to do it and you you persistently you do what you love you're gonna get there yeah yeah for sure like who knows maybe in the future i guess for me is like i don't really want to like i mentioned before like i'm very conscious about like bringing too many new things into the world so working this way and doing sort of sporadic shop updates like every couple months and working slowly and thoughtfully just sort of aligns more with my perspective on things i'm not really necessarily looking to just have a shop stocked full of items that i'm yeah. like perpetually creating and producing and uh, like accessing and using resources for mm -hmm. continuously that doesn't really like align with my thinking right now but yeah. it makes it even more unique yeah yeah but i mean i do like the idea of just dying all day mm -hmm. long yeah mm -hmm. you could almost like that could be a service too in, mm -hmm. a, in a way right yeah like, like tie-dye sweaters recently have been like super popular by some local makers <laughs> it came back yeah tie-dye is back for sure yeah that was like that was way back in when was that 90s yeah that was huge then i tried one on i looked like not so good <laughs> <laughs> it's not me i can't do it i can't some people can't pull it off others not i don't think i can yeah that's interesting <laughs> too right do you think we like can wear 
what looks good on us or what we feel what feels good on us how is that with you can you say that again yeah like you know tie-dye if i would think oh yeah this looks, looks really good on me i'm gonna wear it but it really looks bad on me like maybe i can't pull it off They're like certain colors just sometimes don't flow mm. you think like in your perception if you tell yourself no this actually looks really good then it looks really good or do you think that's just the mind trick Wow, what an interesting question. <laughs> I I think if you want to wear something that makes you feel good and when you look in the mirror you feel confident wearing it and in, in some way it's like connecting with your body and your mind and yeah. you feel like that's what you want to go out into the world wearing and mm -hmm. representing yourself with, then go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I love that. <laughs> okay. I think I'm good. Are you good? I think I'm good. Did we miss anything? Probably yeah. lots, but the, the website, the website. Yeah. You want to talk about the website? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. So this is a uh, sister mollusk.ca. Yeah. Um, it's closed right now. It's going to be reopening on December 15th at 6 PM. Um, that's when my shop update is happening. Um, so like we mentioned before, we're going to have the plant dyed throw pillows, uh, there will be the silk masks, there will be plant dyed scarves, and what is the other thing? Mm, the hair thing? Oh yeah, scrunchies. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Is that the, oh no. Welcome to the shop. So these are floral printed, most of them. The one on the right is actually made with the lobster mushroom fabric. That's unbelievable. Look at those colors. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's beautiful. Thank you. Are you proud of, of, of your work? Does it feel good? It's starting to feel really good. Yeah. yeah. Like I can see the differences between the products that I was selling one year ago when okay. I first opened my shop and... Like I did a ton of dying over the winter, especially like with the lockdown and stuff. I mm. was just pretty much dying in my apartment all winter. And I like progressed so much since even in just a year. So okay. yeah, I would say I'm, I'm quite proud and yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely gorgeous. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for helping us to understand the, the process of creation tonight. Hope you learned something tonight. I did. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I do. I truly appreciate it. And, you know, if we should do it sometime again, and then maybe we do like some dying on the podcast or something. Yeah, I'd like that. <laughs> get right? a little messy. Yeah, throw it all over. Just get a new mixer if we have to, but probably we just put it in the yeah. case. We make it work that way. Sounds good to me. Thank you so much for being here tonight, Shannon. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody have a good night. We're going to take us off and see you Wednesday.